laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Who huh? should have this person locked up and looked at? Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Murs and David Horning on this week's episode. I think going to a comedy show is like taking like uh, like acid or mushrooms. Because like you're paying, like you buy the ticket and you buy the drugs, you know the general idea of the experience you're about to get, but you don't know what you're going to see. Like when you, take, you buy the same acid, you see different stuff. It's like you're gonna go to like you can go to Funny Stop on Amateur Night and like a bunch of people like drive out and like do really well. You could also go out there on a night when everyone does terrible and everyone's just trying to be offensive. But it's the same five dollars for the same idea of the show. Let's be honest, work sucks. There's a reason we don't look forward to Monday mornings and we look forward to Friday nights. But what if we could change that? That's why there's water cooler comedy. Did you know that incorporating humor into your work makes you more creative, more innovative, and more collaborative? Well, that's why we bring in professional comedians to break up the monotony of the work week with a fun comedy show. Or you can bring in a keynote speaker to share new ideas for how to incorporate humor into the everyday activities of the workplace. Or we have a program called Creative Kickoffs, where we start your day, your meeting, your Monday by bringing your team together with improv exercises and fun team building activities. It's water cooler comedy. You can find us on social media, on Twitter at Comedy Cooler, on Instagram at Water Cooler Comedy, and on our website at watercoolercomedy.org because work is the time and place to laugh. Welcome to You Can't Laugh at That. I'm David Horning. I'm Steve Mers. Steve is taking advantage of pauses today, and it's it's fantastic. We're going to talk a little bit about pauses at some point. Pause. Our guest today is the very funny Joe Graham. Joe. Hey, I'm Joe Graham. Joe, have you done? How you guys doing? <laughs> Joe Graham's on the program. Joe Joe Graham on the program. Insane in the brain. That went well. Uh, Joe, have you done a podcast before? I have not. I've never done a podcast. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks for coming and joining us here today. No problem. We brought Joe here because, well, first and foremost... He drove here himself. He did. Yeah, you're right. Man, way, way to just, like, bust my lie right in front of everybody, right in front of all of our friends. Now I look like an idiot. This is, you can't laugh at that. The goal, the goal of this podcast is to take a topic that is taboo or overused or whatever and um, give it a new spin, give it a, find new perspectives on it. Joe has a joke on the topic today, and that topic is uh, suicide. So first and foremost, trigger warning, you know, if this is a topic that's sensitive to you. Yeah, any Kurt Cobain's out there, trigger warning. Yep. Boom. Right. Yeah. So we're going to go over one of your jokes and then uh, we're going to break down a couple of other jokes and kind of try to find an angle. Let's do it. To prove that you can indeed laugh at that. Yeah. Cool. All right. First and foremost, Joe, this is, was this, you want? You can introduce the clip. Uh, this is actually a clip uh, I don't remember from where, but it, uh, it's just a 
It's uh, my closing joke. It's the joke I close on. It's a suicide joke. Okay. And uh, it works. I've seen it do tremendously well. It works very well at the end. Yeah. And only at the end. Yep. All right. Let, let's do it. I don't want anyone to take anything I said tonight seriously. I like writing jokes. I like telling jokes. I like that you guys came out for jokes. So I do not take comedy seriously, and you shouldn't either. I don't take it serious. I treat my comedy like teenagers treat suicide. I attempted for attention, but I will probably never succeed. Where was that? I forgot. I don't know. It sounds like it's at my house. I think it's at your house. I think you, that's. I think that's a recording from your house. Yeah. Yeah, we had that house show. I mean, yeah. that, that was. It was, like it was in my. I was away. trying to identify, and it didn't have. It didn't have like the address. It has the acoustical the, properties uh, of David's dimensions of his his. Definitely. I can hear <laughs> you it bounce off. Yeah. I could hear a couple people after if you like if you keep listening to the recording. It sounds like people that were out your house. Yep. Yeah. 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 But I remember I was sitting on the stairs listening to your set and that joke. <laughs> I don't know if I'd heard it before. Dave and, was about to go kill himself. Yeah. And then he turned around. And was like, yeah. You know, that's really funny. You know? Yeah. I like oh, dopamine. <laughs> saved my life. I could do this for another day. <laughs> yeah. You saved my life. But that's and you emphasize that you put that at the end of your set. Yeah, because it it never worked in the middle or anything. It didn't work anywhere else, it's like so at funny. all. It would like people would just stop laughing at every other joke if I told that before anything. Right. You can't just you can't just get on stage and be like, "Hi, I'm Joe Graham. Here's my suicide mm-hmm. joke." Nope. No, because it it shuts everything down. They instantly just don't. They just think I'm like a depressed person on stage. And then it's not fun for anyone. Right. And I've enjoyed watching you perform over the last couple of years because there's a clear evolution of the way you carry yourself on stage. Like the more you perform, the more you get comfortable with who you are, the more like you're very likable. So you can deliver those jokes in like this package. Whereas if if you would have tried that joke maybe two years ago, it might not have worked. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Like I said, I didn't know how to tell that joke or where to tell it. And then, yeah. It was originally a roast joke for, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Mike Dragon. Okay. I was supposed to roast Mike Dragon, and I originally wrote that he treats his comedy like teenagers treat suicide. And then I never did the roast, so I just kept the joke. It's a good joke. Yeah. It's so so it came from that joke. Was there an earlier iteration of it that didn't work or was Nope, it just- that was it. That yeah. was from the beginning. It was about Mike and then the it was a show it was a show in Mayfield that got a, a roast show that got canceled eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds about right. Here's another another thing that I really like about the way you set that up is you just from the jump you're like thanks for coming out to like these are jokes. Thanks for coming out for jokes. Mm-hmm. Don't take anything I say seriously. Like, do you do you oh, do you lead into the joke with that every time? Yeah, almost every time. Yeah, if I'm going to tell that joke, I always say, "Thank you. We had fun." I don't ask like if they had fun. I just say, "Hey, we had fun tonight," and then I just say that it was all a joke. It was all a game because during my set, I'm really dry and I don't smile or anything. So I don't know. Just explaining it helps. Yeah. I love uh, 
there's there's a bit that you do where I mean you don't smile the whole time and then the punchline of of I forget what joke it is I mean you can probably fill in the blanks there yeah but the punchline is you like pausing after the actual spoken punchline and smiling yeah and that like it's a joke about my uh, my dad wanting me dead and for <laughs> some reason I smile I laugh because that's the only thing that makes me happy is knowing that he wants me dead. <laughs> And it's it's yeah. it cuts the tension like mm-hmm. it's it's great it's I don't know like the setup is everything with that joke yeah kind of softening the blow and you almost put the responsibility on the audience like you're stupid if you take this seriously and it's it's I mean it's like kind of self deprecating too to right. say that I know if you don't laugh at that joke that's just even more of a point that I'm not going to make it in comedy which is like my other point. Is that I'm just doing this, and it's not gonna. You know what I mean? It's just not in my brain that it's gonna go somewhere. So here's this stupid joke about suicide. Yeah, that's 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 such a smart way to do it because if they don't laugh, you've also made your point. So exactly. Like, the joke is a success either way. Exactly. If they don't laugh, I leave, and I'm like, okay, well, they agree. You like give the audience the high ground. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, like, you're below them, and you give them that authority. Yeah, you should feel morally, like, above me when you're in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking down at me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know. It makes jokes like that, like, palatable. Like, you almost forget that you're laughing. Mm -hmm. You know, you you totally deflect from the actual, like, the heaviness that that joke could bring. Yeah. But it doesn't. It's, it's like, lighthearted. You need to take people... To a place mentally where they understand where it's coming from. Right. Exactly. If you punch down on yourself during the setup, the punchline is that much stronger, especially exactly. this kind of topic. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. You can't You can't just be like, <laughs> the people who quit, like teenagers who quit suicide are idiots. Like, yeah. You can't want to do that. Yeah. Like, that's, come on. Hey, you guys know who likes attention? Teens yeah. who try to kill themselves. And like, that's a terrible joke. Yeah. But but you see newer comics get on stage and like that's the setup to the punchline or that's even the punchline. It's like well that's not you can't. It's just mean. You have to remember that this isn't about you as a comedian. Like this is about the audience. A hundred percent. Like every single thing you say is about people the think audience. that being edgy means that you'll be funny to somebody, and it's like no, you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> or at least you need to learn at least. Yeah. Not yeah. That they're dumb. They just no. they're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Right. You can't. <clears throat> like if I'm being comedian, a comedian to be offensive, so yeah. that's not that's not what a comedian is. That's not exactly. Your, no, you could be Joe Ro- or not Joe Rogan because he's a comedian. You could be somebody, a personality on YouTube, and just be an asshole like Steven Crowder or something. Yeah, like <laughs> go do that. Go trigger people. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, there's there's a there's a time and a place for there's that. There's a market. There is a market. But you know, you know, these audiences, you got to wonder if, you know, if you're going to go and tell jokes at a show, there are people going seeking pleasure like that are that do have like that are depressed and stuff like that. But it's like, what do you do? You how do you plan for a show? How do you read your audience? You can't really you don't really know who's suicidal. Right. So it's like you are taking a risk at genuinely triggering somebody like from panic episodes to like on like suicidal you know thoughts mm-hmm. and it's like what do you do i mean you want to make these jokes i would say some people that are suicidal would actually appreciate those jokes 
but as long as you come from the right place and like what you do where you're saying I'm not being serious and yeah that that helps but you can't just go in there like oh fuck you guys yeah because you're gonna you're you're an asshole if you do that you know yeah your goal as a comedian is to to get that audience like feeling better than they did when they walked in when they right. leave you know that's that's my intent as a comic and if, if that's not your intent as a comic it's like why are you doing that why are you doing this mm-hmm. in the first place you can't just do it to offend and be edgy some people are laughing at the raw idea of suicide. Mm-hmm. They don't. There's no joke there. They just think suicide-related stuff is funny, and it can be, I guess, depending on where your brain's coming from. Right. Because I'm not going to name the comics who did this, and I'm not going to name who jumped in. But they they shared something. You may remember this, and you guys might have been involved. I don't know. But like, uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think you were. But. Uh, someone posted something about slitting wrists or something. It was like a meme. Or mm-hmm. pills or something, and everybody, all the comics jumped in like ah ha ha, you know, and it was like, I don't know, it was really weird where someone someone else jumped in, someone who I really admire uh, as a comedy writer, and he was like, this isn't funny, and it's like, and I had to sit there and really sort through like how is this not funny and how is this funny like, you know, I think people just come from different. I think to those people it genuinely is funny. I don't think they were just trying to be assholes. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that when you're on the internet, it's hard to see what the intentions are. So. Right. Right. That is a toxic war zone of it's, epic proportions. Things can get blown yeah. up. Yeah. You can't share that stuff. It's right. like people aren't on the same page as you. Right. I mean, you have to know your audience. You have to know that if you're going to post something like that, like, is it is it punching down? Is it going to unite people or is it going to tear them apart is it going to i mean there are these like mental checklists yeah it was posted by someone who i think is entitled to talk about suicide because of their own circumstances Mm -hmm. so i feel like that was warranted on some level but maybe not shared on facebook maybe not that but at least in that packaging yeah Yeah. it seemed insensitive on the on the surface sure i mean you know you do have to realize that there is an audience, a wide array of people that are consuming this content at all times. Dealing with nightmares all the time, and then they see that and they mm-hmm. get angry because mm-hmm. they're like, this isn't funny to me. And that's true because it's subjective. Right. I mean, what's funny is, by nature, subjective. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody's going to laugh. Some people are going to get angry. As humans, we tend to try to like, make fun of things that we don't understand. Yeah. So, you know, in some cases, you'll see a comic, a newer comic get on stage and like make fun of suicide. And it's like, you, this is their mental working through of it because they don't quite have a grasp on it. And yeah. I mean, to, to, to make sense of things, we try to laugh at them. Like that's, you know, I remember as a kid making fun of other kids that I didn't understand, you know, where they were coming from. Like, and in like hindsight, gay people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's when you're a kid, it's like the first weird thing to you is like, I don't know attraction level for me was weird what other people are into was hard i don't know i think that goes into like everything once you understand attraction i don't know anyway right i mean people from different backgrounds i don't have that background Mm -hmm. so it's like i don't i don't get it so Mm -hmm. i just haha you're so you try to get it on your own Yeah. yeah you try to get it on your own understand it that's it 
And now, now that I have that understanding, I don't joke about that. Stuff exactly. Anymore. It's like, oh, Done. it makes sense now. On to the next and topic. And then that, that goes into everything else. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, suicide. Okay, so people feel this way about that. So what can and can't I say? Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a constant yeah. sense making in your brain. Like, I mean, that's what, as comedians, that's what we do is we try to make sense of things. Uh, yeah, with comedy, there's like different types of people in, or in this sense where they, some people don't want to do any mental work. They want comedy spoon fed to them. Mm. And then when you do stuff like suicide, they're like, what? And, or not even that, just jokes where you have to sit there and think about it and like rationalize it. Or you have people that like doing the work, don't want to be spoon fed. I remember watching Joe Mackey last night. The audience gets really quiet when he's telling the joke because they're all having to listen very carefully to what he's saying in order to get the funny part. But they know that that payoff is there because he has a pattern of good payoff. And so they trust him, and so they get real quiet on his setups. Right. So Right, yeah. When he got on stage, like he got right into it. I mean, he didn't fuck around at all. He just went right into the first joke. It's a lot of mental work to listen to his jokes, but the payoff is there, so it's mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah. It was hard for me. If you didn't listen to the joke right away, I would have to sit that one out because maybe I made a comment or something, and then it's like, uh, or I'm thinking about leaving because I have to go yeah. do shit. Uh, so shit. it's like, I wish I could have stayed. I loved that show, but mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways... People have di- different amounts of mental work they want to do. So when you talk about suicide, it could be uh, they can miss the intention or I don't know. Right. I mean, in some cases you hear the word and your brain just shuts off. It's right. like, nope, I'm not here for this. Mm-hmm. I'm not right. here for this. This is not my, just not, this joke isn't for me. But it's like if you were to just get past that and listen, maybe it is issues. for you. They have yeah. trust issues with other people too, possibly on some level because they don't want to sit there and be like, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. This could be very funny and be from coming from the right place instead of just shutting them off because they don't trust you. That's a great point. I mean, that's, that's something that you don't think about much as a comic or as an audience member is trust. That is huge. Like you are asking people to, mm-hmm. to come along with you on this ride. Yeah. That's why you make that comment when you start. It's like makes you a little bit more likable, which is great because then mm-hmm. people are like, okay, all right, I see where you're coming from. Well, throughout the rest of your set, I mean, you put that joke at the end, you build that trust. Yeah. Just like you were saying, like with Joe Mackey, you, you have these setups and people are listening and they're quiet during the setups because they know there's going to be a payoff at the end. Mm-hmm. It's so quiet. I heard it, that quietness. Really? I want to go see it. Yeah, definitely Palpable. worth it. If you ever have a chance to see uh, him perform, it's... Absolutely. Yeah. It's He's just great. just a study. Like, just sit there and watch him work. Damn. He's one of those people where you're like, fuck, I don't think I'll ever be that funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to see him then. I hate people like that. <laughs> well, like, that's I it's inspiring. It, it makes it you funnier, though, yeah. it, ironically, because yeah. you're like, oh, I don't think I'll be that funny. But now I know how funny I can be and what different right. avenues I can go. I want my jokes to land on the level of his jokes. You know, right. that's why... That's why I'm always reworking jokes that, like, I get a laugh, but is it the laugh that I'm looking for? Yeah. There's always room to improve the joke. There's so much more thought going into that. It's not one of those things, oh, I got a joke. It's more like there's work. Mm-hmm. It's a whole processed joke. Yeah. Yeah, he, he uh, at the end of his set, he brings out a notebook of jokes that he just wrote that day or the day before, and he tries them out. And um, what Sam was telling me was that you know, normally the the club uh, does the check drop, and that's what he would do during the check drop. 
would he he would pull the the book out and try new jokes while people are like trying to figure out what to pay and who's a, who owes who what. And now with hilarity's not doing the check drop during the set, people were like riveted, just waiting to see where he would go with the joke. And you could see him like working out an added tag while he was on stage after he had the punchline. To if the first punchline didn't work, like you could see his brain working on tags. It was really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and they trust him because mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, he's been paying off the whole time. We'll give him the biggest benefit of the doubt. Right. Right. The new <clears> stuff. <throat> he, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to talk about his jokes. Um, but he, he told one, it was a new one last night, that I could see why it was divisive. But the payoff was great. I mean, he got an applause break on it. So, yeah, I mean, you could feel the tension building in the room, and then you get to the payoff, and it's like, oh, that was, was worth political? it. Political? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that's the Pro only Trump. thing I could have done that. No. 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 It it was very probably somewhat. It was fair. It was very objective. You have to be oh, fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you were fair, people can't object to you on stage. You right. have to be fair. Right. Right. Absolutely. That is a good note for comics. Be fair. Right. I mean, you can you can get your opinion across, but if you're isolating half of the audience with it, yeah, it's like. Is it worth it? But yeah, sometimes I alienate both sides. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking it's fair, everybody. like, I'll yeah. hate all of you. Well, wait, you all hate me now. Instead yeah. of being nice to both sides, you sort of do the opposite. You think it's you think it's even. They don't, either side doesn't, appre- doesn't necessarily appreciate you being unfair to the other side mm-hmm. because they already hate you for the other thing you said about them. And it's like, yeah. So. Yeah. So just isolate everybody. I mean, if you do that, I mean, it still kind of creates that group mind. It's clearly not that funny if that's happening, right? Too. So you just got to keep working at it. Because if it is, people will give you. You don't even have to be fair. If you're really fucking funny, you could just be ruthless. But it has to be so funny, and then everybody still wins because they're just like, "Well, it was funny," and they 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 kind of set aside that prejudice. Yeah, and you commit to it too. I mean, right? If you're half ass about being ruthless, people will smell that right away, and you're and. You've lost them. You kind of have to be likable still before that. Mm-hmm. You kind of go in primed as likable, and then you kind of be ruthless, and then people are kind of like, oh, he's doing a shtick a little bit, maybe, too. And I don't know. It's that incongruity. It's like, yeah. we like him, but the things he's saying, like, if he wasn't likable, we'd be out of here. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's just like Joe Mackey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like Joe Graham. He primes everything. You notice how he was priming. Before he would go into a whole thing, he would jokingly... May, do get a laugh on talking about what topic he's about to hit on mm-hmm. in an ironic way. And it was very funny. If you guys mm. didn't like that last joke, well, you're in for a doozy. Like, yeah, just in the way he would word it too. The words he he used, it's very carefully like written out. All right, his uh, yeah, his cadence is all of it too. Nice. Yeah, I was That's listening. Important. Sorry, I don't mean to keep talking about, this, but I was listening to him last night where he was like. I was I would think about the joke written if I were to say a joke in my like monotonous my sometimes monotonous inflection and I'm like that would never work for me and it's all about because I didn't say it in the way he would say it mm-hmm. so you got to remember that you can't throw away a joke because you don't know that it's just your voice isn't matching it right so. the inflection you have a different inflection on different word and if you personality move that inflection, right yeah yeah, like Just, where do you smile? Where do you right smiles? You got to smile if you're gonna get away with some stuff. Yeah, or you—that's a good option. It's almost like you know you're getting away with it, and it kind of communicates that like yeah. this is working to the mm-hmm. audience. That confidence, like 
you're going to talk about a topic like this, you have to be confident in the joke. Yeah. You have to be sometimes the, the smile, sometimes the smile comes from you knowing that it's going to work, mm-hmm. and they kind of can see that, and then they trust you because they're like, he seems to think this is going to be good. I feel like it's going to be good, and then boom, suicide, suicide, suicide for sure. Suicide and trust, <laughs> trust fall. <laughs> Jesus is at the wheel. <laughs> Trust fall. You just backwards yeah. into a off of a bridge. Yep. Like Jesus, no <laughs> fuck. <laughs> that is not a good trust fall. Laughing. Another thing with, with your joke too. The 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 pauses are in the right places too. If you if you just like ripped through the joke, there's no time for the audience to connect with it. Like, exactly. Yeah. You know you you gotta stop at the right time. Mm-hmm. Have you, like, adjusted where the pauses are in that joke? Over time, just telling it and, like, I don't know, I kind of extended the intro, too, like, mm-hmm. to the joke. That part's the only thing that I think gets longer. Where I'll be like, hey, guys, thanks. Sometimes I move the microphone stand in between saying thank you and, like, make it an even longer, de- an, like, an ordeal for me to be off stage, so that literally as soon as I say the joke and end it, I can just click the mic in the mic stand and just be done. Because mm-hmm. I I don't know, I don't like to stick around after that one. No. Like I've been smoke like I've been smoking outside and people will come up like, hey, good set. A suicide joke. And you're like, damn it. <laughs> it's like, all right, thanks, but whatever. That's why you know I don't know. Maybe it's just like the most recent one. But that's the one that people dislike the most. Out of all of them, I think I hear more about that when I would be after a show. Wow. Mm-hmm. So people do say they're like, yeah, you should probably. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. What do you like? How do you respond to that? I say, oh, thank you. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I try to be really nice anymore. I, like, if I'm mean, it like stands out. Yeah, people yeah. mean well. You know, I mean. Yeah, that's... of course. Yeah. Hey, don't do that joke. Okay, I won't do that joke next time I see you in the very back. Oh my like, God. but every <laughs> other time I don't see you in the very back of a dark room, I'm telling that joke. Like, I don't know. It's hard to write jokes. You find one that works, you're like, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's also... i this up. Yeah, it's also kind of a, more of a joke about you. Exactly, yeah. This is... And my usual attention span towards trying to do something. Hmm. Hey, I mean, comedy isn't, you know, it's not uniform. You're not going to please everybody all the time. Exactly. You're going to hear about it from someone. I've seen that joke work more often than not. And I, I think exactly. it's a great, it's a well-written joke. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Um, that one-liner style, like, I can't... I will write one joke, and then I will, I like I have to build a bit around it. I can't just have this one joke and then move on. Like I've, my brain just doesn't work that way. Mm. It's like I have to, I have to have, like build up to this big punchline and then like ease my way down the tags, and like tie it into another topic. Like I, of course. I just I don't. So I have a lot of respect for. I mean, both of you guys just nail these one-liners. I'm jealous. Yeah. I can't tell stories. I get bored telling stories. I feel like I'm like dating. Like I feel like when you like date, you just like tell people the same stories over and over and over and over again. And then it's like when I, I don't know, I can't like, so I just never even tried to be like a storyteller or like long form jokes because I just get bored. I like, I think I would change the wording too much too. Mm -hmm. I think I like one liners because if it doesn't work, it's like, all right, just wait four seconds. Here's another 12 second joke. And then just keep moving. We're going to start yeah. fresh. Yeah, the stories I can't, I don't know. I like listening to 
like longer jokes personally, but I can't write them. Mm. So I get bored. Well, another person who has absolutely mastered one-liners, Anthony Jeselnik, which, uh, I mean, he's, his style is, it's kind of along the same lines of, of you guys. Like, the, I mean, his one-liners are great, first yeah. of all. But he is a master of the pause and just being likable. Yeah. Like he's that he's very of, arrogant and still likable. Yeah. I don't know how. It's that, I don't know. It's, that master, it's being able to master the, the silence and then that smile that he gives. Yeah. When he knows, you know, a joke works or a joke is going to so work. So very con- – he, he does, like, have a lot of confidence on mm-hmm. stage, like a shitload. Yes. For – Considering his topics, he's dripping with it. And uh, here is, uh, do you want? I don't know if you want to. Oh, these are suicide chunk of jokes he does uh, at the. I don't know if it's at the end of his set, somewhere near the end, Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, But yeah, it's uh, suicide jokes he has all, and there's one that's. I think it's the last one. It's my favorite one. That's like worth listening to. Yeah, they're all good, but uh, let's. Let's kind of, uh, let's listen to this. This is off of his album Caligula. Something I've learned in all my years of doing stand-up comedy is that people get really upset. Audiences get really upset if I ever try to tell a joke about suicide. Uh, So because of that, here are four jokes about suicide. (laughs) That's appropriate. Got a, uh, I've got a long history of suicide in my family. The good news is it skips a generation. So if I'm lucky, my kids will do it. I'll never forget my sister Ashley tried to kill herself last year by throwing herself off a cliff, which is awful. I'm actually the one who found her and had to drive her to the cliff. (laughs) When I was a kid, my Uncle Tom killed himself. Uh, I remember that because the family actually tried to cover it up, make it look like he accidentally shot himself playing regular roulette. (laughs) No one, no one was fooled. Didn't work. But I think the worst for me was probably my cousin Ty, who killed himself a couple years ago. That was hard because he was just like a little bit older than me. I would always go to him for advice. And he was great with it too, whether I was asking about school or girls, just life in general, you know. He always said the same thing to me. He'd say, Anthony, kill yourself. (laughs) (laughs) One is a a schizo bill joke. Yeah, that the the cliff thing. Yeah, the cliff one. I thought that same thing when I heard it. Yeah. It's uh what what is his? It's always awkward when you have to call a cab and Tell your driver you want to go back to the top of the bridge. You only need a ride to the top of the bridge. Yeah. There's a comic who, who has a bit about how, what if somebody 
who's in like a failing marriage tries to blow their own head off, but it they they live. So, okay. now, so now she's definitely not taking you back. Because not only was the relationship not working, but now you're like less attractive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe more attractive. I don't know. I mean, it was an upgrade. I for, I was trying to find that clip and I couldn't figure out who it was. Jesselnik, I mean, for, he sets it up. He's like, we all know so, uh, audiences have been getting getting mad at me about yeah. these jokes. So now here are four jokes about that thing. Yeah, it's a great setup. Exactly. It's I don't know, like just takes you to that place mentally. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of topics that you have to like go to mentally before, but I think his setup for that is just, here's four of them. Like once you hear the second one, you're like, all right, two more to go. Yeah. Even if I don't enjoy this. On to the next topic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's an end. The roller coaster is going to be done soon. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like when you, when you go see a comic, you're not going to like all of their jokes, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, that would be insane. It's like, I love everything you do, everything you ever say and yeah. think of. I'm not crazy. Like, yeah. You're going to sit out a few jokes to to be mad at them for telling a certain bit. Yeah. It's like, that's ridiculous. I think going to a comedy show is like taking like uh, like acid or mushrooms. Because like you're paying, like you buy the ticket cause, and you buy the drugs. You know the general idea of the experience you're about to get, but you don't know what you're going to see. Like when you say you buy the same acid, you see different stuff. It's like you're gonna go to like you can go to Funny Stop on Amateur Night and like a bunch of people like drive out and like do really well. You could also go out there on a night when everyone does terrible and everyone's just trying to be offensive. But it's the same five dollars for the same idea of the show. And I feel like that's I don't know different comics. It's weird. No, for sure. Uh, but that giving them the light at the end of the tunnel is is important for, yes. for his joke. And also, if you're going to see Anthony Jeselnik and you have a tendency to get offended, you're in the wrong place. That's the thing about once you make it big enough, it's it's glorious. Like right. he talks about it, but that's I I always wonder that when I watch like uh like you guys are talking about Joe Mackey, when you go to like hilarities and watch uh you're trying. I try to like get. I listen to like the crowd's reactions to jokes, so that I can pick and choose like topics I may or may not want to joke about. But then you never know if they're laughing because they all love the person they came to see, or if they all just wanted to go see a comedy show that night. So it's like it. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Like Steve said about your uh, like timing and things with jokes, you don't know what you're doing wrong with your joke and why other people like Anthony Jeselnik can do four suicide jokes and like some people can't do one. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, show at clubs. I mean, you're also going to get people who got free tickets and you know. Forget about that. Yeah, I always forget about the free tickets. Yeah, we don't even know who we're gonna see. No, they're there because they like looked and they were like, you know what? This is like, if we get free tickets, it's just cheap enough. We can have steak tonight, babe. Yeah, we can go home. They have a two drink minimum, so if you go on a date with a girl there or guy, you know they have to couple drinks, indulge a little bit, free tickets, but. You don't you don't necessarily know who you're gonna get exactly you know unless you do the re- like I would never go into a comedy show and be like I don't know who this is gonna be like and buy tickets or you know go to a club and do a night out with a date like I'm not gonna take my girlfriend to you know yeah. see somebody who's ridiculous like doesn't fit her sense of humor you know I want to know what I'm getting myself into 
That's just like people walk into the restaurant and they're like, can we see a menu? And it's like, you don't already know? Like, you, you have the internet now. Or they'll like sit at the table, get their waters, like ask quest, like ask questions and then get up and leave without getting anything. It's like, no, there, there was no pizza. <laughs> you can do that at the door. You don't have to sit at the table yeah. and make me waste, like go through all this. You can Google a dude right. and see if you might like him. Right. Everybody, if, if you're a comedian and you don't at least have a five minute clip on YouTube, what are you doing? Especially if you're like performing at clubs and people are paying to see you. Uh, but with Jesselnik, like you don't go to Jesselnik and expect not to be offended on some level at some exactly. point. Exactly. That's like, you know, a vegan going into a barbecue joint. It's like, mm-hmm. You're going to be surrounded by meat. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how this works. Yeah. You can't laugh at that. All right, so the the first joke was great. The uh the the cliff uh, the which was the first one? The first the one first is the, one is the, the skip the, uh, generation. Skip a generation. Yeah. Hopefully my kids do it, which is just inherently depressing. Right. But I think that joke works because, one, he doesn't have kids. <laughs> so there's not... That joke actual... doesn't entirely make sense, but I don't think that's, like, the point of this podcast, so I'm not going to go into that. But Yeah, but the it, point, the skipping a generation would be, it, like, his, that means his parents would have killed themselves. Which means and he, he would hopes not... his kids would do it, then why is he hoping? Because he wouldn't if, have to worry. Because if it skips a generation, why would he yeah, be wondering? I've... And then he, there would be no motivation for him to hope that his kids would do it. Exactly. But it's just a joke, so it's like... No, there are... I've thought about that logic, yeah. yeah. You shouldn't break down a joke like that, though, because it's meant for that moment. It's not meant to be thought through post-joke. Got it. Yeah. There's no point. Right. To analyze that. All right. Uh, the second one, the Cliff one, we've kind of already gone over that. Um, the, the regular roulette one... Here's what yeah that one I don't uh, uh, that one's a rough one too yeah so like for, to like really get I didn't uh, get it well I helps I if you listen concept. to the premise yeah I mean it's, get distracted. Uh, they they tried to cover up that it was a suicide and tried to convince people that he died playing regular roulette oh yeah I mean you know it works yeah. and then the last one he sets it up really well because he talks about how this person is great at giving advice. Yes. Like this is the best advice ever. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he follows through with his advice. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. that's who you want to take advice uh-huh. from. Somebody who actually like practices what they preach. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that's what the joke is about, you know. But what 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 Jeselnik does, what makes these the audience react? How they? I mean, there's people clapping like along. You know, yeah. It's great. What he he's a master. He's like a magician. You know, he's got that sleight of hand. He's got you looking over here, and then at the last second. This is actually what's happening here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's what, I mean, that's a great way to write any sort of joke. I mean, imagine yourself telling two stories at once. You know? Yeah, the more tension, too. He's mm-hmm. making a lot of tension every mm-hmm. joke. The pauses, again, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't reemphasize that. Like, there's a, You can make a pause, a punchline. Yeah. It's, it's powerful. That silence, people sitting in that silence for one second, and then, like, their brains start to work. And then you deliver the punchline. So now you have those two conflicting thoughts at the same time. You have to laugh almost. If it's if it's a punchline that's good enough that gives that throws that curveball. Yeah, that's what I love about him. His I didn't used to like him, but then I, I watched his most recent Netflix special and I was like, Oh yeah, no, I understand it now. You know, once you once you get on stage you have more of an understanding of where comics are coming from like you have a renewed appreciation for people that you didn't necessarily appreciate before i think it's it's writing too i started like i was it wasn't like oh i love anthony jesnick all the time but it's like uh 
someone got like Mike Ivy got me listening to Dan Mintz after I started doing comedy. I had never heard of the guy. I listened to him. I'm like, this is good. I like just, I just enjoy really good writing. And I think Jesenik has like, you try to guess the, like a punchline you've never heard. It's just, it's a lot more difficult. I think with some people to just try and get it. You can tell his writing is so precise too. Every word is measured. Every pause is measured. Every syllable is, you know, there's word economy there. And, there's so few words, you know, mm-hmm. and he has what I like to say, those lines where, you know, you make one statement, then another idea is layered. That's how, like, a lot of jokes work like that. You kind of give it that pause, next line, next line, next line. I would like to see, I would like to have seen those jokes when they, would, the first time he performed them versus the, the album. Yeah. And, like, how he cut words, because you know they started a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then he cut down. Or different words altogether. Right. <coughs> right. Or there, it was even shorter and he had to add. Like, I mean, or he mm-hmm. cut too much and then, you know, that's, I, I love the process of it. Yeah. That's why I love seeing comics at Hilarities and then when their album comes out, like seeing how that How the joke changed, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. that Netflix one that Jeselnik did for uh, the most recent one where he has the uh, abortion story at the end or whatever, he uh, was doing that at MGM and I saw him there. And it was just like totally different joke. Like he had like different, te- he tried to like different wording, different, like just different process around everything. And I think it was like a 25 minute joke. It was super long. And then at the end of like his special, it was like 15 minutes. It was like just cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really good. I like that too. When I see someone do something and then you go back and watch and you're like, damn, they didn't just like get a good, a decent laugh and go, Oh, that's good enough. They went, I could do better. Yeah. A little bit more laugh, get a couple more people involved. Right. Yeah, that's why it's so important to listen, to record and listen back, because you don't, like, after you get off stage, you don't notice those little things. It's like, oh, I added an extra word that time, and that's why I didn't get as big of a laugh as yeah. last time. You don't notice those things unless you actually go back and listen. Exactly. As painful as it might be sometimes to listen to yourself, especially when you have a bad set, um, That those yeah. are the ones that you really have to listen to. Yeah, those ones suck. Too soon. This last clip that we're going to do today, uh, it's called Suicide Can Be Funny If You Do It Right. It is uh, by the comedian Drew Michael, who um, he had a special on HBO. I saw him at the Happy Dog years ago. Did you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, he's very funny. Jimmy had the show at Happy Dog. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we bring in bangers in Cleveland, man. Uh, No, Drew Michael, I saw him when I was in New York last year. He did a drop-in spot at a bar show, and uh, it was very funny. He actually did this joke there, and uh, it uh, it landed differently there. I think people people weren't ready for it there at the, at the show, which makes this the fact that this works in this clip so much better. Uh, he also had that HBO special where he, it was no audience; it was just him talking. I thought that was very weird. It was very weird, but it, I mean, it was unwatchable. Yeah, have did you seen it? Yeah. Yeah. You have okay. I didn't know if you were just kidding. Oh, no, you I, I, very I, sarcastic. No, I watched it and it was very. I just. I don't know if it was like I wasn't ready for it, but I was just sitting at home. I was like, I can't. I don't. Maybe I don't. Some weird it. experimental. Yeah. Like, what is this? What is this? I don't know when to laugh if the is audience trying to make is us laughing. Laugh? Yeah, I, I think packaging it as a stand-up special was kind of a mistake. Yeah, it was in. I was on like HBO in HBO now as comedy. Yeah. I think it's at stand-up, too. Yeah. Which is even more... I don't need a laugh track. 
Right. If if it was packaged more as like a one man show, fine. Or like a monologue. Yeah, I never would have watched it. Right. I could have moved on. Yeah. I mean, he made a lot of good points in it, but it was it's almost distracting. Almost distracting. He sort of can't interact with the audience reaction. Yeah. And so he has to trust that whatever who's watching it at home will have that sort of back and forth of laughter and listening. Right. It's it's a visceral thing. Like I prefer watching stand-up specials where you can see the audience and hear them laughing versus watching like a, a sitcom with the canned laughter. Like oh, yeah, that's not. Yeah, it's fake. Yeah. So fake, too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Drew Michael, suicide can be funny if you do it right. Yeah, the weird thoughts. Uh, I, I get depressed, you know. I talk to my therapist asked me about it. He's like, do you, uh, you get depressed? Yeah. He's like, uh, are you suicidal? And uh, I said, no, I'm not. I'm not suicidal, but I do think about suicide, you know, it comes to mind. Not that I'd want to do it, but like, I think like if, if I did it, what would a funny way be? <laughs> what would a funny way be? I don't know, maybe you get a job at a restaurant. Be like, hey, want to see the specials? <laughs> Uh, maybe you go to the top of a water slide, and as you're about to go down, like, blow your head off and make the corpse go, like, through the whole... Go to the slide, like, all the turns and... <laughs> all the kids at the bottom of the pool splashing to see a headless stump. <laughs> you know, funny! <laughs> You would think that was funny, even if you were at the water park, even if that was your kid in the pool. <laughs> Later, once you got him out of the pool, you dried him off in the car on the ride home, you'd think about it like, oh, that's a good bit. Like that, he made a corpse go, wee. He like paid admission to the park. Got a bathing suit, like he, that's a good bit. I'm not suicidal though. I get it. Like I get. It. I like you know. I understand what would, why you would. I'm not saying you should. I, mean, I get it. Some people are surprised when they when someone does it. I'm not really surprised. Is this the best motion? What surprises me is that some people haven't already killed themselves. <laughs> That's shocking. You know anyone like that? Where every time they show up, you're like, really? <laughs> Another day. <laughs> You. <laughs> okay. Wow. Really like trying your luck here. I get it. And I think I, I also feel like I should mention that I'm, you know, I'm not an insensitive person. I understand that suicide is a tough subject to talk about and, and joke about, especially. Sometimes people get offended when you make a suicide joke, and I think that's okay. You're entitled to feel how you want to feel. Um, but what's interesting to me is I've noticed that the people who get offended at suicide jokes, they're never, it's never suicidal people. It's never like someone dealing with it themselves. It's like suicide adjacent people, right? Suicidal people fucking love suicide jokes. <laughs> love them. And you know why? Because it's kind of their thing. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, everyone has a thing. Like, if you're married, maybe you like jokes about marriage. You'd be like, oh, honey, that's so us. Or whatever, you know? 
yeah, suicidal person hears a suicide joke, it's the same thing. It's like, <laughs> I can't tell anyone, but that is so mean. You're gonna find out in a note how good that joke really was. And then, uh, really regret not laughing more later. It's cathartic. Well, that's the point. The point is that it's a cathartic thing. If you're, if you're dealing with those private, painful, personal, dark thoughts, to hear them talked about and made light of in a public forum, it's cathartic. There's a release there. You feel connected to something, so it feels like there's, there's some kind of you know, a release of the tension. The people who get offended are the friends and family of the suicidal person. I had a woman at a show once. She was like, that, that's not funny. My nephew killed himself. Do you think that's funny? I was like, what? No, I didn't know that happened. I'm not talking about that. That's not funny. That is actually incredibly sad. You know, mostly because you know who to love these jokes is your dead nephew. Like, that's the person. That's the person they're for. Yeah, my target market is missing. Tragic. And maybe if he would have heard these jokes, he wouldn't have felt as alone as he obviously did. My point is, if you don't like a joke, that's okay. Just, just let it go over your head so it can hit the people behind you that it's meant for. Don't block it with outrage and let, let it go. Right? That joke isn't for everybody. Kind of like being alive, you know? It, there's a lot of uh, parallels. There's a lot of parallels. I feel like there's some people at this point who really, really hate this joke and they just want it to end. And, uh, well, yeah, now you know how suicidal people feel about life. And uh, I understand the content here is charged, but structurally that joke is bulletproof. And you need to acknowledge that. You don't have to... You don't have to love the message, but let's appreciate the architecture. Uh, it's pretty... The joke is kind of like the Catholic Church, right? Where it's like, yeah, I don't like what they're saying, but... Oh, wow! <laughs> that is a great. It's a great chunk. Yeah. It's a great chunk. Chunk. It is a five-minute chunk. Right. And uh, when I saw him... He didn't do the the funny way to kill himself first. He went right into you know talking about like people being offended by it. This joke isn't for you. This joke is the, for, for the person who killed themselves. But I think he did that that made that joke the like as good as it is. Is he made the opening bit silly? He introduced exactly. like a lightheartedness to the topic, like going through the water slide, and he did the motions. And, like, how funny that would be. And it's Weekend at Bernie's-esque. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know? Which, in itself, is not a funny situation, but yeah. if you really think about it, like, the going down the, the water slide. and it's like great. I wish I thought of it. He made a body yeah. go, wee! Like, that's... It's silly. It's lighthearted. That's it, the incongruity right there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Purely. No, I mean, and, and he talks... I mean, he talks about... It's like, all, it's all hypothetical. He makes... He's like, if I did it this is how I would do it. So it, al it almost makes it about himself at first, uh, which is, you know, a tool that you use with, with the joke. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think it's a great tool because, like, if I did it, if I did it, you can go anywhere with that premise. Like, comedy is truth, but the if once you say, if I did something or if it happened this way, you can let your imagination take you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, down a water slide in this case. 
which I mean, it's it's silly, and it softens the blow of what he's actually talking about. So that I mean, that's a great tool. And then uh, after he gets through the silliness to get to the point that he's trying to make, uh, he he offers empathy. Like I get it, you know, people people are going through life like this, and it's like why. You know, for some people, that's what there is. That's what they see. And so, you know, he empathizes with them on that level um, and, you know, makes it real. And then he also gives the audience permission to be offended, too. He's like, I get it. I get it. I don't know. What do you think, you know, as far as that bit? Oh, I like that bit a lot. Yeah. Honestly, I watched it for the first time this morning. And, uh, yeah, it made me laugh a lot. But, like, the playing on words at the end, like, it just, like, softens it, too. Like, yeah. everybody's laughing at that point. Like, yeah, that, he literally got everybody who wanted to joke about suicide, who didn't want to joke about it, who people who think topics are too offensive. Like, I don't know. It's a really good five minutes mm-hmm. of comedy. Yeah, it really is. Um, I mean, the the bulletproof, this joke, the structure is yeah, bulletproof. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's... That's funny. And then uh, a jab, jab at the, the Catholic Church. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Architecture is sound. Yeah. <laughs> like you might not agree with what I'm saying, but you have to appreciate a good joke. You know, yeah. everybody. The if beauty. everybody around you is laughing and you're not laughing, like subconsciously, you have to be like, okay, maybe it's me. Yeah. Maybe it's me. Um, and I mean, he he makes that point of, you know, don't don't deflect it from the people behind you. This joke isn't for you. Like, sit down. And sit this one out, and mm-hmm. we'll be back for the next one. Um, another thing that helps, too, is he's not talking about a specific situation. When he talks about the woman coming up to him and saying, you know, that's not funny, my son or my nephew or whatever. My nephew is my nephew. He's like, yeah, no, that's terribly sad. That's awful. Mm-hmm. He's not talking about a specific case. He's never once mentions, like, he, he's just talking about the general idea of, like, there are some people who are not happy. And for, for them, like, that's all they can see. And... There is there's humor in that, like on some level. Yeah. I don't know. I, I remember we had a discussion about somebody that you knew. Oh yeah, there. Yeah, I knew someone who just consistently tried to kill themselves, and then just as soon as they were away from an atmosphere where uh, people were aware of them trying to kill themselves, they had an avenue and they just took it, like almost first opportunity to try and accept like a new life for a little bit, but then realizing that no one there like was going to stop them from killing themselves and they just did it. So yeah, I don't, it just seems like anything else could be, I mean, you could just literally be born with it or yeah. Nature, nurture, I don't know. Cross wired. I don't know. This person seemed normal until like hormones kicked in. Right. So you never know. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I, I like the the line where he's like, "You're still here another day as you." Yeah. You know, I, I joke about that with some people. There are yeah. some people in my life where they're just so consistently sad and screwing up their life that I'm like, it almost seems like there's a real good option for you. Yeah, like, it just seems weird to keep going as you. Yeah, like it seems odd. I if I was you, I would have the thoughts. And, and it's like you're taking the, you're on joke, their side, but, like yeah. almost. You exactly. know, do what's best for you. Yeah. you Sometimes know? there are like, and this is sad, but like people will. There are a lot of people that are like, I know what you mean, where it's like, and they're very like, it's almost like they don't want to improve their life. They like to just kind of, oh, I'm always fucking shit up, and it's like, I don't know, try harder. I don't. It's not that easy though. It's like, not that easy. I, can't, I just don't get. It. I think it's just a matter of statistics. I mean, you're just gonna have people like that by odds themselves exactly. chances 
And it's like, I guess you do have to be entirely empathetic to that. So Absolutely. And he's great at that. He's great at... It, yeah. That's the the underlying thing. Like, the whole point of this joke, he's like, I'm on their side. Like, this yeah. is, you know, I'm, Those I'm on their team. people need therapy. They need to be coached. Yeah. yeah. And they need, they need advice. And yeah. And habit-forming skills. In some cases, like humor and making that connection with other people through laughs is, yeah. is an avenue to take. You know, I mean, that's a giant burst of, of oxytocin, a giant burst of dopamine, yeah. you know, getting that. Or, especially endorphins, too. Like, I mean, being able to laugh at tragedy and just like the, the sad state of existence sometimes is enough to shake you out of that. Yeah. That hole. You know? It is hard, though. I think when you're like trying to like tell someone not to kill themselves, if I can, just cause like, Hey, it gets better. Okay, cool. After it gets better, then what? Well, then you're going to die anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, even if you don't kill yourself now, it's still like, it's not going to get, it's going to get not much better. Yeah. The, the story is going to end the same way. Exactly. Like mortality just, is sometimes why people are so messed up. It's like the mortality itself. And it's kind of ironic where, you know, if you're someone who has anxiety disorder, like severe anxiety, your body is constantly fighting the death, fear of death. Mm-hmm. And then you get so depressed from it that you want to die. And that's irony in itself yeah. right there. So it's like you care so much about not dying that you just want to die that because your body thinks it's dying all the time. Yeah, This so. is a weird thing. You know, True. existence is a weird, weird thing that we're trying to come to terms with. And it's yeah. like, that's why that's why I've, I've chosen this route, is being able to laugh at that and then like share that laugh with other people. It's like, this is all, it, it means nothing. Like, in the scheme of things, you're here and then you won't be here and then the world won't be here and then the universe won't be here and no one even, know, like, no one even cares. Exactly. Like, it's not... So people you know, need a sense of fulfillment and community, like sympathy and empathy, and like sure, just uh, the bio, biological are, side of it. Those are those are things that people should seek out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we still need what we evolved to be and right. the things that we came up on, right. like community. And then I don't know, you just introduce more, more and more people. I don't know. You live in places like think of like living in Cleveland, where like humans can't live unless we have houses and warmth, like. We have it, we're sheltered for five months. You're not communicating with people. Like there is that depression part of that too. I don't know. Think about so, like you said, someone with anxiety. They and they don't want to be in public. And then the worst thing you can be in life almost is like in solitary confinement. Right. So people put them like so, and it's just like it's a constant cycle of I hate being outside and around people. Well, I should be okay, but now it's ten degrees out, or I I can't be around people so i should just stay at home and then you're just like reading and like you said thinking about dying and i don't know i like to go on a hike at the mall you know in in the winter yeah i was just kidding like, <laughs> it's like i go hiking at the, at the mall mm, there's a beautiful waterfall <laughs> Yeah. A natural reflecting pool. There's a place that gives you money. <laughs> you just if you're willing to put your hand in eight inches of water, you got to work for you it. You can have money. Yeah. Right. yeah, that's what you just tell people. Hey, they give away money at the mall. Yeah, don't kill yourself yet. Right. You do you like copper? Yeah. Have you tried stealing other people's wishes from a fountain? <laughs> <laughs> These are my wishes now. 
They come in one yeah. cent form of one exactly. cent currency that we made up. And I mean, that's that's what it boils down to, though, is it's like we're all we're all going through this this struggle, this, you know, this weird thing, trying yeah. to figure out what to do next to make exactly. things easier. And for some people like that's that's a route, you know, yeah. it's. It's an easy. It's an easier route for. There's some people like like that fear of death. Mm-hmm. There's some people that shut that off when they want to like just however they're gonna end it, and then there's people who just did it, who had no signs of being suicidal, but something so tragic happens. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, different levels of suicide probably too, like killing yourself because you have bone tumors that are gonna expand and kill you, and it's gonna be like the worst nine months of your life, and you're like maybe suicide. If you think about it, we all just killing ourselves by being alive in the first place. That's true. (laughs) That's true. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Thanks for this gift of death. Yeah. Oh, great, great. It's like uh, I didn't consent to this. Yeah. Someone said that. Yeah. I didn't consent to being alive. I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. That's usually my excuse for anything. Is I didn't ask to be. No. None of us asked permission to be alive yeah like what is or this? we're like hey i'm curious about this yeah Can i just want to try living stuff? yeah it's like let's see what it's like yeah i'm just a very successful sperm i don't know if i happened into it i don't know if it was just like walking around and all these other sperms are like i wish i could exist and you're like eh, i'm not i'm not into it yeah <laughs> you just <laughs> you, guys, you guys didn't miss much no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say every time I finish having sex. I'm like, you guys are good. You guys, you didn't miss anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, anyway. <laughs> you guys, it ends in a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. So just. A fiery ball. You're of, better off in some tissues. Yeah. I at least got you. I was at least kind enough to get you puffs with aloe. Yeah. <laughs> those You're are, welcome. Those are fantastic tissues. <laughs> I just I use them. I I blow my nose. I don't even need to blow my nose. I just, <laughs> just this is great. You cross the line. I mean, there are so many different angles you can take it. Like, I mean, we've seen a few different ways you can do it. If you, um, if you, there are a like, few like, angles. Yeah, a few know. angles. Definitely down the street, not across. Right. Yeah, uh, classic, classic, classic jaywalking. Joke. Yeah, definitely is not good. You have to <laughs> take the autobahn. <laughs> can't laugh at that make it about yourself like make fun of yourself in that sense the way you do it and that's why that works uh, same with him drew takes multiple routes to the same to the to the laughs so, yeah you know he he makes it silly he's um you know he shows empathy he uh kind of turns it on the audience like you, you this isn't you don't have to laugh at this joke if you if it's not for you sit it out it's fine but there are other people who are laughing and then he he throws in the puns. Yeah. That I mean, they're not even puns. That's just good writing. It's just the, yeah. It's just writing that. Yeah. And acknowledging that it's a well structured joke. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jesselnick, I mean, you know, definitely uses the pauses, uh, but he sets it up right too. Yeah. So if you're going to do a joke like this, like you have to, the setup is everything. Exactly. You can't. Ju- I mean, it can be the best punchline mm-hmm. about suicide, but if you are, <laughs> yeah. if you don't set it up right, if you don't. You know, soft toss yeah. to the audience. What's about? They that can't happen. be propped up on a rickety stool or no. anything. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless the goal is for the stool not to be underneath you anymore. Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna hang on to that for sure. 
Hell yeah. yeah. Hang, hang that one on the yeah. rafters. Yep. Um, cool. Anything else you guys want to add? No, granted enough. I think we did a really good job. I hope this stops someone from killing themselves. Me too. I mean, that's the goal. I know a lot of people that have killed themselves. Yeah. A lot. And I think that's kind of where my desensitization comes from. Uh, I've had to do a lot of emotional blocking just Mm -hmm. to go on with my life because I've grieved for people before and it's draining and it does fuck me up. And so I have to like cope with it somehow. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. And for some that that tool is humor. Luckily I'm doing fine. Like I've got everything under control and I'm, I'm happy, but it does cause a lot of anxiety. Right. There are, there are times where I'm driving on like a bridge and I'm like, man, I could just, this would be epic if I just like drove off the side of this into the ocean. Like that would be, that would be a way to go. Yeah. And then I'm like, what the, wait, what (laughs) do you hear yourself? Um, it's weird. I mean, it, it's it like we were saying. It's just a constant struggle with the fact that we're actually even alive in the first place. Like, it shouldn't be a thing. The, I mean, the fact that we even exist is mathematically improbable. I know it's probable Im- because here we are. Well, but, that's why I didn't say impossible. Right, right, right. It's uh, takes a lot of space and a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And what even are those things? One and one in themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. But um. No, this was fun. This is, I, I feel like, I hope we, we cleared this up, uh, especially, you know, I mean, this show is for for comedians, it's for fans of comedy, it's for um, people who are just like one perspective. Or fans just of laugh. suicide. Fans of suicide. <laughs> Big supporter. They just like the topic. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, uh, it's... It's you, heavy if it's not comedy, really. If you're not trying to make people laugh about it, it's all, right. well, obviously, but... And there's always a package that you can wrap it in that can make it laugh, that can make it, you know, a funny yeah. topic, no matter what the topic. And that's that's our goal here. And I hopefully, you know, hopefully we accomplish how, that. How long would you guys spend as writers? Because this was something I wrote down: is that I don't think I could kill myself because of like I don't think I could ever get the letter right, the note right. I feel like my I would like try and like throw too many things. I'd be like, "Ooh, this sounds like I'm blaming someone. I don't want other people." You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I would work a lot of. Ang- I would go through a couple notebooks before I got the note right. It would be so yeah. therapeutic that you'd feel better. Yeah, and by the end, like, yeah. You'd be like, I think I'm done. I think I got kind of over this hill now. Uh, now that I got the letter perfect, I, I don't even want to do it anymore. What a waste of time! <laughs> I put all the drafts of my suicide note into a book and sold it, and I'm a millionaire and I'm happy. Fuck. <laughs> Didn't see that one yeah. coming. Hey, yeah. that's that's actually a really funny premise. Yeah. You know what, though? There's nothing funny about happiness. Yeah, there is. That is so true. Yeah, there no, there isn't. No, being There's, happy sucks. Th- I mean, that it's like <laughs> being everything going the right way. There's nothing funny there for me. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Of course, there's certain, but it's like not necessarily like about that. It might be like t- around it and related to it in that topic but the happiness itself is like a state of there's nothing incongruous about it it's i don't know what yeah. is happiness i don't i my my like joking laughing comes from like cynicism i think a lot in my daily life and when i'm like really happy and someone cuts me off i 
could not care less. But if I have like, if everything's not going right and someone cuts me off, I can make a couple jokes like in anger, like about, or like, I don't know. I kind of see, I kind of see what you mean. I mean, happiness isn't like a constant state of being though. Like even if you are generally happy, it's going well. And happiness is usually like the default, like being, you're content. No one's ever like, yeah, that's like manic. Yeah. You know, (laughs) that's also an issue because, you know, there's, that is one half of a yin and yang. So, but, uh, unless you're always manic and then good for you, just don't be a psycho to other people and be fucking weird and do the weird shit that I've seen people who are manic do. You know, again, though, these are issues that people, it's a brain chemistry thing. So you can't really like stick it to them. It's they've got shit going on. It's not their fault per yep. se. Yeah. If if I went to somebody and I was like, "How are you doing?" and they'd be like, "I'm so happy. I am very good. I am everything is." And then they grab like, your package, and then you're like, "Okay, you have issues." Yeah. <laughs> There's something. <laughs> They're like, "I don't have boundaries," and I'm so happy. And it's like, "Well, you need to be institutionalized." I'm so happy. I kissed a dead frog today. It was awesome. Yeah. I don't like this guy. And by that I mean prison, not like locked into a. Thing. like well that's the same thing but i don't know why there's a stick you should go to prison where you don't get re- the proper help <laughs> you but it, like i'm i think it's like a stigma to go into what some people refer to as a loony bin see where i'm going with that yeah. it's there's a bigger stigma almost but it's like i don't know well gary goldman uh his the his hbo special the um the great depression yeah. kind of goes into that and talks about how he did go to the psych ward and it was the best thing that ever happened to him. Oh yeah. So I mean, you know, there's there's Spend always a month a in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. Did you watch that? Um, I did not. No. No. It's uh, that's another one. Uh, going back to like watching comics whittle down their jokes and then seeing them later on the special. Like he did two hours and twenty minutes at hilarities a few weeks ago. Two hours and 20 minutes. And his, you could see just his brain going all over the place because he would get back to what he was talking about and then start talking about something else and never really close, you know, close the joke. And then he'd remember that he didn't close the joke and then he'd you know, find a way to tie it into what he was just talking about. And two hours and 20 minutes. That is, that is 140 minutes on stage. And there are some people that don't even have five. But yeah, 140 minutes. And uh, like I would love to see his special where it's just, down to an hour from that two hours and 20 minutes like a year year and a half two years down the road whenever he drops it but that's that's fascinating to me because um, he talks a lot about you know his sadness and his suicidal tendencies I almost did a, a, a Goldman joke but we've already covered him a couple episodes ago so we're gonna hold off for a minute at least laughing I think we, uh, we we hit all sides of the spectrum here today. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's anything else you guys want to add or any other points you want to make or any other ideas on like angles for this topic, I'm... I'm I have a suicide joke I want to run by you guys. Let me know. Like, Can I do that? Yeah. Let me know if you guys understand this because I wrote this a couple days ago. Okay. So I was thinking about... I wonder if the guy who invented the toaster, if he loved waking up and making like cinnamon toast in the morning or if he just really hated waking up. I don't know. It's a cheap toaster joke. 
I hate toaster suicide jokes, but I thought of it, so I, would, I thought a, I'd. I have a suicide toaster joke. Well, it's capital punishment. Capital punishment. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it. I think I'm not doing it. I don't. Want uh. it. I I as much as I'd love to run something by you guys, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm not mocking you. By the way, I <laughs> no, think I you know. said it. I think you said it that way. I think I did. Yeah. But it's okay because that's fine. And you're funny, Joe. It's okay. It's. I just don't like doing it personally because I'm like, yeah, audience of two, and Jeremy. Oh. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like. It's weird to do that, but the laughter. Yeah. But I also like. I've found valuable feedback in just running a joke by somebody. Yeah, like I said, I have one suicide joke. I'm not gonna. You know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna. I don't need to like add more. Yeah, Michael. It's like awkward enough. Yeah. Unless I, I, unless I get to the point where I'm so big that every set. Like, if I did different specials, I could have a different suicide joke to end on and then make it a thing. But I would never do that either. So, I want to go to an open mic and be like, can I run something by you guys? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got some ideas. I got some ideas. I don't know if you guys are cool with me trying them out right here. Yeah. That's yeah, not the right place, but. <laughs> yeah, screw it. You're here. I'm here. Let's do this. I mean, it, I, when, I, when I run jokes by people, I don't anticipate them laughing like i'm not expecting a laugh i'm just expecting like feedback hey you know, yeah yeah exactly exactly with that like the setup when you say do you think the inventor of the toaster like my mind is going a certain direction yeah and so if you can veer off sharply enough but not you like can, too sharp, you just can't because it's a fucking it's a sorry it's a toaster yeah like it's just it either makes toast or like it's in a joke I don't yeah. know. I don't even know if people kill themselves that often that way, but it's definitely just a joke to me. When I see a toaster, I either think of those two things. I think of toast. I think of toasting things, or I think of toasting yourself. I just this. <laughs> you toast yourself with a gun. That's kind of a com- that's a comical way to go out. <laughs> yeah. Toaster in a bathtub. Do you think the first person who died via bathtub toaster meant to or do you think I it was, was just say, like yeah. I need to get to work fast I gotta take a bath but if, I also need breakfast if I killed myself with a toaster in the bath I would put bagels or something in there so that maybe my family could get like life insurance money Yeah, and they'll be like oh he ate right. bagels every morning yeah. in the bathtub Yeah, it never killed him before breakfast and bath exactly right? yeah. like yeah so all you need is a little slip. I would definitely, yeah, just put a couple bagels, put like a razor blade with cream cheese on it, just to like establish more trust. Be like, he used the razor blade too. Yeah, yeah. He never cut himself. through it easier. Yeah, Butter knives exactly. don't cut through cream cheese that easily. Not not, not right out of the fridge. You got to get a real yep. sharp knife because cream cheese can be unruly. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what would add to that too is if all your knives were in the dishwasher dirty. So it's just like, oh, well, that's all he had. Just use my yeah. Coke cutter. Yeah. yeah. Done. <laughs> that's one way to do it. Just set that's up the scene. such a great way to find someone dead. It's just the most confusing suicide. Like, just so many different things wrong. <laughs> Did like, he want to go? Yeah, like when you find someone, like, hanging, and now you have to, like, check to see if, like, they were jacking off or not. You're yeah. Like, Am I sad or am I gonna like laugh about this later? Like he was jacking off with a toaster. <laughs> <laughs> we need to bring a black light into this just to make sure. When did that trope start? Because I know I saw it in Groundhog Day, but before that, when 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 was that a thing? I don't get it. Which one? The, the toaster in the bathtub. Yeah, I have no idea. I think that's where. I I just 
I want to go to bed tonight thinking that the first time it was an accident. Just somebody really needed the breakfast and to be clean. Let's be efficient about this. Laughing. Joe, who are you? My name's Joe Graham. When did you, like, what made you decide to start doing comedy in the first place? Uh, My brother uh, started doing it, and then he was going to uh, open mic and told me to go. And uh, I took some notes of things, like, that I usually say, like, when I was in customer service, like, jokes to my tables that I had made, and I just wrote a bunch of those down and then tried them there. How'd it go the uh, first time? It went well, but it went well because the room was good. It was, like, a good host. It was uh, O'Toole's. Greg Kennedy had a lot of energy hosting. He would get a good, and there was like 20 people there that night. I think mostly, obviously, mostly comics. But at that point, to me, they weren't comics. They were a crowd. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it went uh, okay. Three and a half minutes felt really long. And then I got off stage and uh, just felt really good after. So I just kept doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like a why behind like that's the story of like what made you start but like why why do you, keep why do you doing keep, it yeah why keep doing it because uh, people should uh, people should get to laugh like I said I don't know I think life is very depressing uh, as a whole I think being alive in general is a struggle yeah and I think there is it's very rewarding to write a good joke like more so than like giving good service to a table or like closing some deal for another company. Like the, I think there's a lot of pride in telling a joke in like a different city. Uh, all, even if it's all over like Ohio, just telling different cities, the same joke and seeing that people get it. It, it's that like cathartic feeling of I'm not alone because they got the joke. Even if people don't laugh or they don't groan, like it's a mutual, there is something I'm getting out of it. Like, my jokes all have to either be things that uh, make me sad or make other people really happy. I either want to crap on what's making people happy or I want to take something that made me sad and make it into a joke. And then it just makes it very rewarding for both sides. No, that, I mean, that's a really good point because, I mean, that that's really what comedy is, is connections. Like, it's connections yeah. between ideas and it's connections between people. Yeah. I would and never like, say it's about my individual success. Or it's about the crowd. I could never, I don't know, I could never be someone that's like, it's all about you guys. Like, it's very rewarding to write a solid joke and just have it go well no matter what. Like, it's just, I don't know. It feels really good to have that in your back pocket. And then, like, the more you get of them, it's like a currency, basically. You're like, (laughs) I have all these things that work. Now let's go use them. Like, let's go spend them on stage for five minutes. And then get paid off, and then they get paid off. Yeah, it's a worthwhile investment. Mm-hmm. Do you exactly. do you laugh out loud when you come up with like a good joke? Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. If something, yeah. But there, there are like I do a lot of what ifs, and if something like there are scenarios that just I think really crack me up, and then there's some that like crack me up, and I try to explain it to people, and it's just nonsense to them, and they don't. It's just they they weren't in the situation I was in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At that time, so. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation where you came up with a premise like that and then down the road, like it didn't work at first, but then down the road you were like, oh, here's a better place for that? Or do you just like take jokes and just throw them out? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a joke I used to tell that I, I learned. Like, uh, I like There's an intro to a joke that I say, 
uh, I'm learning a lot. The older I get, the more I'm learning. And then I always, it was always like a minority joke. And it, the originally it was, uh, I just learned how to, uh, black people learned how to learn how to read. And it was a B CDs fools. And that's like way more tension and way weirder. I thought than like the joke where now I say like, uh, I'm learning more and, uh, like the other day I was reading the newspaper and found that uh, black people are a minority, but midgets are an even smaller minority. So I just like lumped in two groups and the word minority. And it just like is an easier joke to tell for some reason, even though in my mind it's more offensive. And the ABCDs fools like is a way in my head, like cuter joke. I feel like people didn't, maybe it's not even as good of a joke though. I didn't think of that. Maybe the A, B, C, D schools isn't as good as a joke. But to me, it was that's a more like weird, wacky joke and less offensive. And But it gets less of a response than the black midget one. Yeah. Very weird. I don't know. I mean, my, my philosophy with that is if, if I made myself laugh with it, but I'm not making other people laugh, I, I just haven't created that connection between the exactly yet. I mean, there's maybe a way. Maybe it's more set up, maybe like how I thought of it. But to me, yeah, it, that's just one that's that's one that stands out where I can't, I don't know, I can't make that connection. I can't put people in the state of mind I was in where I thought that was hilarious. Right, right. And that's that's the struggle is you need to like mm-hmm. get people in that state of mind. So it's like yeah. how, like how do I word this? How do I, like maybe, yeah, a, yeah. there's an infinite number of, of ways to, to make that happen. And that's like that's why we... That, that's you know why I wanted to do this show is because you can kind of explore these themes and these ideas. There's a way for the, I mean these people made this topic funny, so there's a way. So it's just like how because yeah. you know I believe I'm with you. Like being able to to make people laugh at the ridiculousness that it is existence is one of the most like real experiences yeah. you can share with people. This is the one thing you all, we all have in common. Yeah. So it's like, how can we do that better? Mm-hmm. We are the first organisms on this planet that we know of that have the self awareness level that we do. Yep. So it's a little bit hard to grapple with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And we're not even all the way there, too. We think we are, but we don't realize that we're not. So no. it's like, that's why we're like, what the fuck? Everything's weird. Yeah. But we're, we're just teenagers trying to find ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On that note, uh, Joe, this has been fun. Um, I you. hope you can say the same. Um, oh, it was a good time. Yeah, I never done a podcast, so I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, I'm glad you came. Yes, it was fun. Yeah, we had. We, Are we keeping it? it, or you guys want to like roll it back, do the whole thing again? Yeah, let's let's take do a second take. I'm sure Jeremy would love that. Yeah, let's do this one with alcohol. <laughs> let's do the next one drunk. <laughs> Guys have been wanting to say something for a while. We're going to talk about suicide. <laughs> I don't want to fucking die. Get real. Yeah, dude, let's get real. <laughs> the next <laughs> episode is going to be called Cry for Help. Yeah. Um, cool. Joe, where can we find you on social media? Uh, dang. Uh, at Joe Graham or at Joe's Dumb Jokes on Instagram now. And then I have a Facebook and I accept almost anyone who's not a uh, obviously fake person, mm. you know, with one mutual friend. Cha. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, you don't have a Twitter, do you? I have a Twitter. I just don't use it. I only use it. I have a Twitter that I like 
don't have any like friends or anything with and it's only so i can secretly in private read through like all of donald trump's tweets okay but that's, that's the only reason i have a twitter is so i can i got it so i could like read through so you his can go stuff. read through and retweet all of it. it's a phenomenal yeah, re- retweet yeah. get, <laughs> and just be like our president get is my lord dick working again yeah. <laughs> 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 i think it really gets me off good time, <laughs> his sentence structure is orgasmic yeah. all right um this is you can't laugh at that share with your friends if you enjoy it, um, if you find it useful, comment on it. We'd love to hear your feedback because uh, we're constantly trying to learn and get better at this thing, this weird thing called comedy. And uh, we're grateful that you're listening to us. Steve, any last thoughts, last words? Last words? Yeah, that's yeah. wow. Yeah. Really? Okay. I feel like it's it fits the topic. Here lies. No. That's not, those aren't last words. That's a, that's a fucking tombstone thing. Uh, no, I don't have any. (laughs) (laughs) We've done it. We've done it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So find something in your life that might not be necessarily funny and realize that from the right angle, you can indeed laugh at that. (laughs) Was that Tom Shia sign off differently? No, I just was waiting waiting for that pause and then fiend. Yes. (laughs) We've done it. Cool. Thanks for coming, Jeff. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, roll the music. If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod, or like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That, and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right, bye.